wow. We well, never never hit record by the time we need to. No. Oh well. No one gets to know that really funny story from Caitlin. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> Just some technical difficulties with you in know, my life. Beer. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> life in general. Uh, <laughs> you know, the use. The use. Um how are you? Um, I'm good. Good. Yeah. Uh <laughs> I okay I've spent the whole day <laughs> I've spent the whole day so ready for the fact that I was gonna tell you I have an update on you remember from the whiskey sour episode when I talked about um using aquafaba as like a an egg replacement yeah did you do it yeah well so I was baking last night and we didn't have any eggs and I was like frick what can I use and so I looked up some stuff and one of the things was aquafaba and I was like well I guess I'm gonna figure out how to like make this right Update, <laughs> you don't need to make it it's literally just the juice from the oh, from the chickpeas oh. like the can yeah um because it's just like really protein heavy because it just like takes in all the protein from the chickpeas and stuff as it's like yeah. sitting there and it's like you know sort of thick so it has like the same like viscosity yeah. yeah and viscosity um, is a far better word <laughs> sorry dollar word um yeah, so I like drained out chickpeas because I was like, well, this is perfect. I can make a recipe with them soon anyways. Uh, drained them out and I have a bunch of aquafaba. That's literally all it is. It's just the juice from the from the chickpea can. Incredible. Or like the I liquid. I keep saying juice, which kind of makes it sound worse. <laughs> mm, yeah, arguably, yes. A little bit. <laughs> um, well, I'm so glad for that update. Thank you. It makes it sound way less complicated yeah not complicated at all and as a person who uses a lot of chickpeas it's really nice to have that and the cookies turned out so good oh my god they were so good so amazing it works <laughs> i love that oh yeah. man now i want a cookie they were chocolate chip and pomegranate <sighs> don't tell me details like that when you can't when you're not going to hand me one right now. Yeah, I'm not physically bringing them to you. Sorry. <laughs> but yeah, I've been so focused on giving you that update from that episode that I haven't thought about, you know, how I am. <laughs> Classic. Oh, my God. So um, I'm good. How are you? <laughs> I have a cold. Uh, have had a cold for like a week. It's not COVID. I know that much which is nice, um, but it won't go away. Like, it's just the most annoying thing. And it's literally just like, I'm going to get real TMI right now. It's just all this congestion and drainage that's mm. just like the thickest viscosity <laughs> there ever was. Uh, and it's so unpleasant. So I'm not drinking today. I'm drinking water and tea. That's fine. Um, but, you know, the sick brain will probably be about as as entertaining as the inebriated brain. So Could have made a hot toddy. I don't have any whiskey left. I finished oh. my bottle of... Of shitty whiskey? Of shitty whiskey. It never went <laughs> hot more. That's okay. Well, um, <laughs> dang it. I don't really want to take a shot today because I'm going to be drinking a really high-octane beer. But... Um, I'll, I'll take a shot for us today. <laughs> I'll cheers you with my tea. 
<laughs> Zoom noise canceled the shit out of that clink. That's okay. It wasn't <laughs> a very good one anyways. I'm also going to try to laugh really stoically today because laughing too hard tr- triggers a laughing or not a laughing, um, a coughing fit. Okay. So. Okay. Uh, that feels like not the vibe. I don't know. <laughs> That's okay. Well, um, hello, I'm Caitlin. Hi, I'm Mari. This is Alcohol and Anecdotes. Uh, we're so excited you're here. <laughs> There's wax from that beer all over my, all over my desk now. God dang it. <laughs> it just cleaned. <laughs> Sucks. Um, I have no room on my desk. So at any point you see me um, like blow my nose, I will probably like, don't, don't be surprised if you just see me like throw the Kleenex. <laughs> I, I love doing that. Put it. <laughs> um, great tip. For when you're sick and you use like tissues, when you're done with one tissue box, save that so you can put your used tissues in it as garbage. Yeah, this is this is a <laughs> this is a Mari original idea. Um, I have been doing this for years. Yeah, I have right now. Or just at, throw them over your shoulder, like Mari. Does. Yeah, I don't have an empty Kleenex box right now, but at yeah. work I have an empty Kleenex box that is serving as the like mini garbage can for all yep. of my. Yep. Or even just like mini Not garbage Kleenex, can in Kleenexes. general. I knew what you meant. This is the sick brain talking. That's okay. Um, yeah, man. Um, <laughs> it's a good way to reduce, reuse, recycle. Yeah. <laughs> so, anyway. Right. I can't wait for you to start throwing Kleenexes over your shoulder. Um watch it not happen a single time probably not, probably not. <laughs> <laughs> every hey. time we say something will happen it doesn't yeah that sounds about right Part for the course <laughs> uh anyway what are you what are you drinking today caitlin um so today i'm going to be revisiting russian imperial stouts Ooh. um we Okay, if you remember episode five at all, we did talk a little bit about stouts then. Mm-hmm. Um, primarily, it was like porters and how they related to stouts, but I didn't go that in depth on like Russian imperial stouts specifically. Mm-hmm. So, for a quick recap from that episode, like basically any beer that was stronger than like custom, which at the time was like four to five percent ish kind of was like average i believe mm-hmm. so anything that was stronger than that was referred to as a stout so it was any style um so porters pilsners anything if it was stronger abv it was a stout but like when porters like captured the attention of all of england which is what we talked about in that episode um mm-hmm. then like their stronger counterparts were like more commonly being referred to as a stout and so the country sort of like eventually forgot that they had referred to any other kind of beer as that and it just stuck with porters specifically Hmm. um so like yeah one can also argue that they're not even really different a stout is just a heavier porter but but Hmm. it's still technically a porter so not all not all stouts are porters but all porters no that was backwards not all porters are stouts, but all stouts are porters, yes. Yes, that is what I meant. Thank you. Yes. The square and the rectangle, yes. 
Yep. I I don't know why someone told me that one time and now it's how I relate everything in my whole life. It's um, so good. <laughs> it's I, like, so good. I heard it from one history teacher one time in high school and now it's I use it constantly. Okay, so just really quick for my sources today, I used the Oxford Companion to Beer and the Brewmaster's Table, both by Garrett Oliver. I used um, the Beer Bible, which is a book by Jeff Alworth, uh, Encyclopedia Britannica, and foundersbring.com. I love that. Also, update, throwing Kleenexes over your shoulder is very satisfying. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yep. I, Yeah. <laughs> Uh, I can't wait for Hattie to find them. I'll be like, oh, presents. Yeah, great. Um, yeah, it's fine. Let me just let me just rip this up and throw it all over the apartment so you get to pick it up while you're sick. You're welcome. Yeah, it wouldn't be the first time this week, so. Yeah. Yeah. No. <laughs> yeah, the amount of times that Jax has done something while I am like, like at home vomiting and then yeah. I come out to a mess that he made and I'm just like today of all days (laughs) um also another update for you there are no fewer than three kleenex boxes in my bedroom right now (laughs) great that's a lot (laughs) i don't they've all just migrated in here i think i forget that there's a kleenex box in here already so then i grab the one i'm currently sitting by and bring it with me um i always forget to buy tissues so i just end up carrying rolls of toilet paper around with me when i'm sick i um am when it comes to paper products like kleenexes and toilet paper i am a bougie ass bitch Mm. so i always have to get the kind that i specifically really like Mm -hmm. um for kleenexes it is the kleenex ultra soft yeah and if i'm really sick then it's the kleenex cooling touch yeah so yeah those are your mari pro tips on i just figure if i if i wipe my butthole with it i'm totally my wiping my nose with it should be i use i use soft toilet paper for my butthole (laughs) yeah yeah i'm not irritating my face when i use my face (laughs) right yeah no i also use bougie ass toilet paper for my butthole i like to treat my butthole with kindness yeah my sister i'm pretty sure it was her because there's no way that we've ever bought like it's like half ply oh no (laughs) it's like in in our basement and i don't know if she like did it on accident or if she just like had it so i don't know what happened but it's what's on the roll in the basement bathroom right now and i'm like who did this because it was not me (laughs) bailey honey we need to talk (laughs) but the thing is like she's also a really bougie person so i have no idea what happened like i have no (laughs) idea (sighs) okay anyways let's get right back into it since i barely even Um, classic a- alcohol and anecdotes okay so i'm gonna start this up really weird you're gonna be like wait what <laughs> i can't wait let's just keep in mind that we are drinking all right yeah well we are drinking russian imperial stats okay mm-hmm. so catherine the second aka catherine the great mm-hmm. <laughs> she was empress of russia from july 1762 until she passed in november of 1796 um, after her husband was deposed and she was placed into power, she oversaw major changes in Russia's pile, politics and culture. She extended Russia's territory, reorganized how Russia was governed, 
encouraged the spread of education by like building new schools. Mm-hmm. She supported science and she built new towns as well as renewed old ones. We love. Um, it is important to note that although Russia is fond of her during her time as empress, she pushed very hard to become like a big military power and her people were often the ones who suffered for her ruthless and domineering decisions. So just always something to keep in mind. Might do really good things while you're in power, but it does not make you perfect. Yeah, no. Uh, and I don't think that any Russians are really um, wouldn't ma- pass the like, I want to be friends with them test. So... <laughs> That's yeah. a test I just invented right now, but I don't think anyone. Okay, would pass yes. It. Giving um the state of the world um uh, and Russia's current affairs, everything that they think and feel is kind of um irrelevant mm-hmm. uh at the moment. But thinking back to better times when they weren't uh, you know, when Russia wasn't literally killing people. Okay. Oh, well, it's We'll revisit that conversation. Are you getting to it? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Perfect. I'm going to move on. I'm going to get back. I'm going to get back to the point of my story. Yes. <laughs> okay. Catherine the Great also loved beer. You love a woman who loves beer. Yes. Supposedly, she drank like all day and all night. Everything from vodka to beer to wine, um, and even boasted that she could drink basically anyone under the table, which I totally respect. Yeah, man, that. Yeah, that sounds par for the course. <laughs> and I mean, like, as much as people have had to say about like her, you know, sexual endeavors or whatever, no one has ever actually said that she was a sloppy drunk. So, I believe it. Respect. Um, so let's go to her reign in the year 1766. Just take you back to that time. <laughs> I am transported back. Perfect. <laughs> I'm going to give you no other like contextual clues. You just have to think about oh, it. Oh, <laughs> I, I have all of them because it's for my story. So don't worry. Okay, perfect. So Catherine agreed to a commercial treaty with Britain, uh, even though she was like kind of wary of the country. Um, but during this time, her travels took her to Britain during like the negotiations. And this all led to quite the penchant for the dark beer style referred to as London stout or Porter stout. Hmm. Her love for this English style was so strong that she requested the beer be sent to her court. But when it arrived, it was spoiled. Alas. Rip. Rip. Um, so like all those stouts were typically a little bit bigger versions of Porter's. They still didn't have enough ABV to hold the beer like over long journeys or over long periods of time. So that's where Thrall's Anchor Brewing Company comes in. Thrall's? Thrall's? Or maybe it's Thrall's. Unsure. It's a last name. Okay. So I don't know Uh, exactly how it's pronounced. It sounds like a cool ass name. That's all I care about. Oh, sure. Yes. Thrall's Anchor Brewing. Yes. Um... I don't think I included it in here. The ownership eventually changed. The The brewing company changed. So unfortunately, it's not still named that. But right. So the brewery stepped up to give the Empress of Russia what she asked for. The result was an especially strong and bitter stout, clocking in at about 11%. 
Some sources said 10.5, some said upwards of 12. So I'm just going to say it was about 11% ABV. Yeah. And it was a hit for Catherine the Great and the Russian court. Not only did it stand up to the voyage, but breweries all around England began making these like really big beers. Mm-hmm. And they were soon being imported to multiple countries, which required the use of beer merchants. One particular beer, Bel- or one particular Belgian mer- beer merchant. Oh my God. I don't know why that's so hard to say. I wouldn't be able to say it right now. So respect. This guy was Belgian. This guy. This and a beer merchant. <laughs> <laughs> His name is Albert LeCook. LeCook? LeCook. Albert LeCook. And he had built a massive trade with Russia. Um, his success not only encouraged Russian brewers to start like trying to imitate these large stouts that he was bringing into the country, um, but it also earned him a patent from the Russian court to use the word imperial for his like beers that he was be- that he was shipping. Howdy, that is my foot. <laughs> so this is what led to the naming of these high octane beers. Literally, he had been given he he had. He had been allowed by the Russian court, like he was you are allowed to call your beers royal. Yes, yes. <laughs> essentially, <laughs> that's amazing. Um, so now because of Albert LeCook, we call them Russian Imperial Stouts to this day. Hmm. Breweries like nowadays will call other high ABV beers Imperial, even though they don't technically have a royal seal of approval. Tisk tisk tisk. But that's where that comes from. So if you ever hear of Imperial Stout, Imperial IPA, Imperial Pilsner, it's all because of Catherine the Great. Great. (laughs) (laughs) That's amazing. Yeah. Um, After that, stouts continued to be important leading into the 19th century. These like really big beers were sent to the Caribbean as nourishment and refreshment to merchants and workers. So Okay, I cannot imagine... On a hot Caribbean day, drinking a like a porter or a stout. That's exactly what I was going to say next. But <laughs> so Guinness's West Indies Porter, the beer that inspired what we now know as Guinness for an extra stout, was and is still a favorite to Caribbean locals. They believe it has healing powers and that it is an aphrodisiac. And okay. to touch a little bit on Guinness, um. It is actually technically a locale beer. So even though it's so dark, it's like actually really, really light. Hmm. Um, And apparently Caribbean locals think that it is like extremely refreshing and I'm sure also like, you know, partially filling, but. Oh, yeah. Drinking a dark beer is the equivalent of I don't know why I keep saying Caribbean I, locals and not Caribbeans, but yes. Um, as I always say, drinking a dark beer is the equivalent of eating a sandwich. It's it sits yes. pretty full in the the stummy. Yes, if you will. Yes, that's why I made sure to eat dinner before we recorded because otherwise I wouldn't have been able to eat after. <laughs> that checks out. <laughs> Um, I didn't really include much like after this time, um, 
Russian imperial stouts have definitely been like reinvigorated in the like modern beer industry, especially in America. Um, we're making them bigger and better and adding more ingredients and more things and truly making them like a dessert. Um, as you can find like literally any flavor imperial stout that you would ever guess. German chocolate cake, uh, chocolate covered cherries. Uh, I don't know. You name it. It's probably been done. (laughs) Super rich things. Yes. Yeah. Um, I love Russian Imperial Stouts. Now I really want one. Mm-hmm. The one you're drinking looks very dark and very delicious. It's really good. I'm super excited to talk about it. <laughs> I've been, yeah, we'll get to it. Um, man, it's good. Okay. <laughs> so that's pretty much it for the history. I say pretty much it, but it is a really big history. <laughs> um just real cash i had a couple of fun facts they aren't necessarily fun facts like about russian imperial stouts but i came across them while researching stuff and i knew you were gonna love them so these are my favorite kind of facts (laughs) okay so um a buttload is actually a form of measurement (laughs) no no um but, uh, but comes from comes from the Latin buttis. <laughs> oh, okay. Which means cask. So it's a cask load. Yes. But um, it's a butt load. But it's a butt load because they were orig- like okay, we'll get to it. So a butt <laughs> a butt contained 108 gallons. <laughs> That's a lot of Taco Bell. (laughs) Oh my god. I didn't think I'd laugh this hard when I was trying to tell you. (laughs) Okay. I can do this. I made myself cry. Okay. So a butt contained 108 gallons. And back when London pubs brewed their beer in-house if they used the entire batch from the butt. So like, basically they would like brew the beer, put it into the butt. <laughs> I'm just going to keep calling it that. Uh, Batched the butt. And then when it was ready, they would pull it off in like batches. And then each batch was um, like a different beer to them. Cause like some would be like stronger and then some would be lighter, obviously like as you pull it off. Mm-hmm. Um, but sometimes they would contain or like combine the entire batch rather than separating it by strength and they referred to this as the entire butt (laughs) (laughs) the beer was called like entire entire butt butt beer (laughs) which to me means means butt load but (laughs) it's also like an actual like wikipedia has like an actual page for buttload i am shook. it can mean a lot of things apparently i guess um, but that's one of my favorites 108 gallons <laughs> sometimes up to 400 i think depending on how big the butt was. <laughs> oh my god oh my god it's so good 
my life is forever changed there was before i knew this and then there was after i knew this (laughs) and i don't think i was mentally or emotionally ready i hope when you write the description for this episode you put caitlin makes a buttload of jokes while we talk or something caitlin gives us a buttload of information (laughs) something something oh my god okay Uh, i will make sure to do that for you i can't wait okay (laughs) okay in the mid to late 1800s doctors began telling people that drinking stouts um was really healthy and wholesome for them it was like believed to they like stouts were believed to restore appetite but the reality was that people were experiencing better digestion because of how much shellfish they were eating. Apparently, dry stouts pair really well with seafood. So they were consuming a lot of shellfish while drinking stouts. And doctors thought it was the beer, not the shellfish. <laughs> Classic case of correlation, not causation. <laughs> Seriously. Oh, God. This is really good one, too. I was imagining them just like oh man hugging stouts and slamming oysters and the doctor being like you should drink more beer (laughs) wow speaking of oysters i had oysters for the first time when i was in maine and for the first time yeah i'd never had oh hell yeah and oysters astonishingly good so good i happened to go to uh, what became my favorite bar um the east ender uh, in case anyone from Portland is listening. And <laughs> uh, I caught them during like happy hour and they had $1.50 uh, oysters on the half shell yep, um, by the half dozen. Mm-hmm. And oh, so good. Hell yeah. Oysters anyway. are so good. I'm glad you got to experience it. I'm glad I got like fresh oysters from a place that they don't have to be flown into. You yeah. know? Mm-hmm. Anyway, yeah, that's my oyster story. I didn't drink a stout with them. That's okay. But that's okay. That's perfectly fine. Um, I'm sure they're also really good with like a Riesling. I had whiskey is what I was drinking. Oh, okay, great. <laughs> I imagine like a nice scotch would go really well with um, oysters. But I digress. Okay. <laughs> We've digressed a lot. It's yeah. okay. Um, Okay, my last fun fact. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, God. The face that you're making. The fact that you have to mentally prepare yourself. Okay, so Mari, for you, (laughs) there there is a picture on the drive. It says, open only when I say so. So it's under my research. (laughs) Open only when I say so. While you look that up, I'm going to start telling you the fun fact. A British brewery brewed a stout with meat extract. (laughs) A label from 1888 reads, brewed with the addition of specially prepared meat extract. Highly recommended for invalids, refreshing and invigorating. (laughs) Oh, my God. It was so good. Um, there they apparently also um, in an ad for like a local newspaper said something said something about like um, there there being meat chunks in it. 
oh no yeah yeah the only person i could think this would ever be appropriate for is like grandpa joe from willy wonka (laughs) oh he was invigorated when his when his when his grandkid got a golden ticket and he got to go see willy wonka you know that motherfucker had to leave the bed somehow to go and buy the chocolate bar so he was lying to his family he could have been walking the whole ass time He's the only person I would wish this upon. That's it. (laughs) Yeah, so that's lovely. The picture of that label will definitely be included um, on the website. Meats. That's so disgusting. Oh, my God. Okay, so. (laughs) I am still so profoundly grossed out. (laughs) It's really gross. It's really disgusting. Um. Yeah, quite lovely. Fortunately, most people don't use um, any meat products in their brewing anymore. Thank the fucking gods. (laughs) Okay. So a little bit what to expect from from, uh, aroma, taste, um, mouthfeel. These like Russian Imperial Sats are so super rich, dense, and boozy. Mm-hmm. expect some sweetness but know that it will ultimately be very well balanced out by the roasted malts um a lot of common flavors are dark chocolate caramel coffee burnt or like dark fruits and licorice um maybe fruit like plum sometimes even passion fruit um and then like flavors like port wine Mm-hmm. Um, I can't think of like a thing other than vodka that would make more sense in Russia, honestly. Because like, I feel like one glass of imperial stout, and you're like, nothing fucking matters anymore. I'm not cold. <laughs> what are you talking about? Who I needs mean, a winter coat? Yeah. Um, I mean, it is just like drinking a dessert, which is which makes so much sense. Why? Why? Like Catherine the Great would have been like, "Bring this to Russia. We need this here." Mm-hmm. We're gonna move on to pairings. <laughs> Zoom noise cancellation cut you out a little bit on that one. So I hope that since you're recording, it turned up for you. <laughs> <laughs> Probably not, but it's fine. We'll see. So a uh, quote from Garrett Oliver. Again, one of my favorite beer authors. Totally have talked about him before using a couple of his books for this episode today. (laughs) Wait, wait, wait. Hold on. (laughs) I got a pop-up alert from Zoom. About noise Uh, cancellation? (laughs) Telling me that I could change the noise settings to the music and professional audio. Sick. Hey, that's actually awesome. Because it cut out my singing. That's amazing. <laughs> that also might super help, so that stops happening. Yeah, um, I turned it on. Okay, I don't know good. that it's going to do anything mid-episode, but <laughs> we'll see. Okay, so quote from Garrett Oliver. Um, this is kind of like in reference to like when it comes to choosing beer to pair with a meal, meal specifically instead of wine. Um, beer has the bitterness and carbonation to lift sugar and cut through fat, which gives the palate both a flood of flavor and welcome break with each sip. 
How delightful. Yeah. I love I love his book, The Brewmaster's Table. I've talked about it before. Yeah, I feel like you reference it almost every beer episode. It's a good yes. one. It's so good. Um, but he does make a lot of really great points in it about how, like, yes, wine does pair really well with a lot of things but if you want something to pair with everything look for beer Mm -hmm. you can always find one that's going to pair with whatever meal you're making i love that so russian imperial stouts um specifically like not the flavored ones though maybe some of the flavored ones i don't know you're gonna be able to pair it really well with steak prime rib like pretty much any beef venison leg of lamb pork chops etc etc et um et <laughs> wow is there, is there an echo in here weird oh that's weird <laughs> apparently you turned off the zoom noise canceling another <laughs> i guess <laughs> uh, whoops uh, um you can also try a hot italian beef sandwich or a grilled cheese Yum. Speaking of cheese, try um like anything stinky. Maybe like a camembert, a brie, a blue, but stay away from cheeses that are like too sharp because they'll just kind of battle each other and then the stout will inevitably win, which is not necessarily how you want that pairing to go. There. Uh chocolate desserts like truffles, mole sauces, um, and apparently Italian chocolate pasta dishes, because of course That's the Italians make big. pastas with chocolate. I think it's specifically like bitter chocolate. But I would, if I, if I were to trust anyone to make a pasta with chocolate and for it to be good, it would be the Italians. So. Yeah, but I still have questions, man. Me too. Lots of questions. I, I didn't put it in my notes, but specifically the one that Garrett Oliver said he had was like at an Italian restaurant it was like a butternut squash something and they used like a really bitter chocolate in the sauce and he said it paired really really well with his imperial stuff so okay well if he said it I trust it I mean definitely um you can also try them with creme brulee panna cotta cheesecake bread pudding and fruit desserts specifically like a raspberry or strawberry tart Oh, that sounds so good. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I know. I can't eat half that shit right now. It's devastating to me. Ugh, soon. 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 <laughs> and then we'll go out and we'll have a cheese board. Yeah, except for um, uh, this is the episode where Mari just gets really personal about bodily functions, I guess. Mm. Um, a word on the street from other people who've had their gallbladder removed is that um, you can go back to eating fatty foods. It's not going to cause you pain, but you do need to make sure that you are near a restroom. Um, <laughs> so. No. Uh, easy. An easy solve, really. Honestly. In this day and age. Yeah. But just like something to account for yeah like just to like add into your plans for an evening um we'll have cheese boards at my house so you can have privacy (laughs) i appreciate that so much because also as someone who's lactose intolerant i get it (laughs) yeah um okay so finally what i'm drinking today 
Um, I did want to give a really great example for a Russian Imperial stout that's more accessible. And that one is Old Rasputin from North North Coast Brewing. Mm-hmm. Which is an ex- excellent beer. Yes. So good. Great staple for um, the style. And I did realize, like, as I was writing this one out, I need to start including things that are probably a little bit more accessible to people. So that is one that's, like, relatively cheap, still really great. Go for that. I, however, chose the Game of Thrones Castle Black Stout from McKellar Brewing. Which uh, I'm so jealous of. Um, I got it from Tavor, I think, last winter. And I've had it since then. And it finally just really felt like the right time to drink it. I mean, I chose to do Russian Imperial Stouts today because it's cold out. Yeah. Yeah. It (laughs) It just, it seemed like the right time. It finally snowed Mm -hmm. uh, here and like it's November, so it made sense, but I still was not like ready for it at all. No, no, never. (laughs) My brain is like, it's still August. What? (laughs) Yep. Um, my friend Brittany, who um, moved here from North Carolina a few months ago, and she is moving back to North Carolina in December now. She like finally figured out what she wants to do with her life at the moment, which I love that for yeah. her. This has been a great adventure. But um, <laughs> the first day that it snowed, it was supposed to be like a blizzard warning, right? And she was like, I want to go out and like take a walk and like, you know, like walk around in it and take some photos and stuff. And I was like, honey, uh, are you sure? She's like, yeah, do you want to come w- with me? And I was like, no, I surely do not. Um, it's literally a winter storm warning. Like I don't, it will snow other times. This, this snow isn't cute right now. It's pellety and it hits you in the face. Mm-hmm. There will be other snows. And she's like, you sure you sure it's gonna snow again before i I was like honey you're not leaving for another month i promise it's gonna snow again like it will be fine (laughs) wait (laughs) wait for the cute snow okay actually not not the like offensive snow okay right um it'll happen it'll happen it will it will um yes so Again, chose this beer specifically because even on the bottle, it says winter is here, which I do have a picture of on the drive. I am looking at it. It does say that. Yes. This beer Fear is an empty cup. <laughs> um, McKellar is really fun. This beer is 13.6% ABV and it is brewed with vanilla. Um, and then I pulled their like a little quip from the website to to include because it was really funny and it fit the game of thrones meme so yeah i can't wait <clears throat> so for it <laughs> those brave enough or fortunate enough to stand guard at castle black need to sustain their will with warming fire and even warmer drinks this rich imperial stout has been aged in bourbon barrels from the solid oak of castle black's outer gates wow <laughs> wow very detailed <laughs> You will need to fight through notes of dark chocolate, candied dark fruits, and coffee flavors, which meshes with subtle vanilla and oak. A beer that is ready for anything that comes its way, that's designed to last for an eternity. Share it with your sworn brothers and take the liquid black. 
so intense i love mckellar they're so fun they make a lot Um, of really good beers and this one is very much the same it is so fucking tasty some notes of vanilla or well yes vanilla coffee definitely very chocolate and like rich dark fruits is a lot of what i get out of it it is so good i love this so much um yeah man uh I'm very jealous. It looks so good. Like the it is like clinging <sighs> to the glass. It is like yeah. So rich, so thick. Like I, thick. Chef's like, kiss. Yeah. Like, yeah, like we've escalated thick. beyond two C's to the Q U E thick. Yeah. yeah. Uh realm. It's really so. good. I'm having a great time and I'm glad that I opened it for this because it's delicious and warming me up. You see, this is what I mean. Uh, this is what I was saying. I can't think of anything more appropriate to the Russian cold weather than this other than vodka, obviously. But like, yeah, no. Yeah. Uh, cool. So truly, so good. Highly recommend a Russian imperial style. And I mean, it's kind of the kind, of, like it's kind of the kind of thing where like there are definitely enough. Excuse me. That like even beginner beer drinkers will really like and really appreciate, and it still has enough nuance to capture the attention of experienced beer drinkers as well. They're so good, and there's something for everyone. Highly recommend. Very good with dessert. Yeah, that sounds super tasty. I'm still so jealous that I don't have it in my mouth right now. I'm sorry. It's okay. I'll live. <laughs> I mean, not that you'd be drinking right now anyways. I could if I wanted to. You could. <laughs> Earlier, so you're drinking water and tea? <laughs> yeah, that's what I am drinking. But like in theory true i could be drinking if i wanted to i just chose not to i'm also out of the good shitty whiskey and now i only have <laughs> shitty shitty whiskey or, i don't even know if I have, for emergencies <laughs> i don't even know if it's whiskey i think i ha- might just have gin or something which is not a thing i'm prepared to drink right now even nope. a little so <laughs> no nope. you know. that sounds rough yeah Okay, well, that was Russian Imperial Stouts, and I had a lot of fun looking at that one and doing the research for that one, so. I'm still reeling from buttload. (laughs) Yeah, let's take a break. (laughs) Okay. 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 Uh, I only have water left, so I can't cheers you. That's okay. I love the shot for you. Cheers myself. No. This glass that I have doesn't, like, tink very well. Hang on. (laughs) There we go. Zoom still always canceled it. Dang it! (laughs) Stupid. It's okay. I didn't pour myself another shot because this beer is really (laughs) hot alcohol. It was like two shots, two drops of Jameson sweet liquid of life <laughs> <laughs> got all love and saucer mm-hmm. um okay mari <laughs> yeah 
Wait, we are recording, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> no, I'm just gonna do the whole half secretly. Silently. Be the first time. <laughs> Wouldn't be the first time. Okay, yeah, Mari, what do you have for us today? So I have the nightmarish story of Salty Chica, um, which sounds like a sassy Latin Salty woman. Chica. Yeah, Salty Chica. I'm not even kidding you. The English <laughs> transliteration is S A L T Y. Transliteration? Wait. Yeah. Transliteration? Like, yeah, because you're you're transliterate. Okay. okay, okay, okay. From the Cyrillic. I was alphabet. just making sure that you didn't. Okay, got it. Okay. Yeah. No. It. Yep. Uh, it's. Your cold trans- brain wasn't talking. My stupid brain was talking. Oh, got it. Okay. Um. Anyway. Okay. Um. So the transliteration is S A L T Y C H I K H A. Um. And. Salty Chica. Is, <laughs> if you want to get really emphatic, sure. <laughs> okay. Um, Oh god, that's my phone. <laughs> it just lives there now. It's on yeah. the floor. Who uh, needs it? Not me. Um okay, so I had read about this person before. Um because I read a book a while ago, like years ago, uh by oh god, now I'm blanking on her name. First name's Tori Tellefson or something like that. It's called Lady Killers. It's a very feminist analysis of not only female serial killers, but like the way that the media often portrays them. And I thought it was a really great book. So if you're interested in this story and learning more about other stories like it, that would be a good read for you. Um, My other sources say, and I used to have that book, but of course I loaned it to somebody and never got it back. Uh. Um, Classic. Uh, so I didn't use that as a reference today, but I just remember this story being in there. Um, and then um, my other sources were Creeptastic Podcast, Russia Beyond, Murderpedia, and Hellhorror.com. So excellent. It is Tori Telfer, by the way. Telfer, thank you. Yes. Thank you. I knew it started with a T and there was an F in there somewhere. Also, the cover for that book looks gorgeous. So it's the whole book, I think, is really good. Like, I think cool. uh, it's well worth picking up if you ever get a chance. Great. Okay. Well, last episode, I ordered whatever book it was that we talked about. So I'm going to wait this time and not order another one because I need to chill the fuck out. But <laughs> I don't even remember what book we talked about. I don't either. It hasn't showed up yet either. So. <laughs> I do know it's coming. I did get the confirmation email that it was like shipped, but I don't remember what it was. <laughs> amazing i love that okay great okay sorry i was trying to stop interrupting it's fine <laughs> this is par for the course for an episode of alcohol <laughs> anecdotes i would expect nothing different yeah so uh who is salty chica you have asked caitlin uh, i'm have. so glad you asked i would love to tell you um she is a woman who was born Daria Nikolaevna Ivanova. Because in classic Russian style, their names have a lot of syllables. Yep. Um, So, 
we're just going to call her Daria, obviously. Mm-hmm. Uh, she was born on March 11th, 1730 in the Russian Empire somewhere. And I never found out specifically where. And Russia is very large. But let's assume somewhere in the vein of near Moscow. Great. Um, <laughs> great. Uh, she was born into a wealthy noble family. Um, her like predecessors, like her father's father's father, her grandfather. Her great grandfather. Wow. <laughs> Doing great. Um that was like, sick brain talking. <laughs> that was for sure sick brain. Um like had connections to like serving um the czars and things like that. So um they were a very well connected family in addition to being very wealthy. And um Daria uses that to her advantage. She marries another very wealthy person named Gleb Soltikov in 1750. So she would have been 20. Uh, we love an instance of a woman not getting married at like the ripe age of 13. Right. Um, oh, you have so, blood in your pants. Let's marry you off. Yeah. Right. Um, so she becomes Daria Nikolaevna Soltikova mm-hmm. because in russian and other similar languages the last name for the woman has an a at the end yep i don't know why uh anyway because we gotta tell you what gender you are that's why yeah yeah obviously um together they would have two sons uh theodore and nicholas but sadly in um 17 55 or 56 gleb passes away uh i don't know why i couldn't find anything that said a cause um and um so like not mysterious circumstances i feel like that would be noted based Mm -hmm. on the rest of the story but Mm -hmm. like you know he dies um and old age could have been a heart attack could have been a yeah could have been an illness literally anything right um This makes Daria the wealthiest widow in Moscow. Sick. Yeah. So she now controls um, their entire estate, which I'm not going to even try and say the name of. Um, It's like south of Russia. Mm -hmm. And with it comes 600 serfs. Now, Caitlin, do you know what serfs are? Um, I feel like I should have a better idea of what serfs are than I do. Okay, well, allow me to kind of walk you through it. So serfs are like slaves, mm-hmm. except that um, supposedly they were supposed to not be traded away from the land that they were tied to. So it's like they were specifically okay. attached to an estate or like a, a, a piece of land, more okay. or less, um, that wasn't always the case in practice um but that was supposed to be the difference mm-hmm. so um slavery by any other name call it indentured servitude call it serfdom whatever you want it sure. is um non-consensual unpaid labor but for a specific piece of land yes <sighs> yeah okay great um so she has 600 serfs um okay. I heard somewhere, I think it was in the Creeptastic podcast, that at this point in Russia's history, there were 23 million serfs. 
because if you were poor it was just the life you were destined mm-hmm. to live basically that was definitely a lot of what i was referring to earlier uh when i was talking about Catherine the great and how not all of her decisions helped her people mm-hmm. yeah lots, um, lots of serfs in the country yes. that were not necessarily being helped by any decisions and in fact were the ones who were usually suffering hurt from by it. them yeah yeah mm-hmm. um the other thing to revisit the topic um the the whole like russia back when russia didn't kill a lot of people they did um always basically <laughs> like a lot of people died under serfdom either from poor, I mean, poor working conditions specifically before the year year crane war yeah. uh, was, again really hard <laughs> for me to say apparently it's that 13 percent beer man probably um, um i meant specifically before <laughs> yes I, like i knew war with did. ukraine uh, not <laughs> Not that they, like, didn't always kill people. Okay, good. I'm glad we could clarify that. The other thing that I almost covered was called the Circassian Genocide, which was a genocide of people who lived in the North Caucasus Mountains. Oh. uh, Committed by the Russian Empire. So um, I almost covered that. But then I figured "Mm, maybe a little dark um, in today's climate. So yeah, uh, Russia's been just fucking up people's lives for a long time they're really good at it at an imperial level anyway um (laughs) your big oof energy here it's a good thing that they're not the ones who created or typically make russian imperial styles like they just have that name we can still enjoy them yes true um okay so back to daria daria now living the life of a widow at this point um no one has ever really said anything negative about her like the most that it could be noted was maybe she was sometimes a little gloomy but beyond that like she wasn't notably awful in any way even though she was like a wealthy landowner countess person Mm. um she was just depressed but not an asshole yeah cool if only that stayed that way oh. um <laughs> it, it'll it, we'll get there there's a reason she's in a book called lady killers that's fair um so i didn't really even anything. think about that <laughs> <laughs> there's a reason um for that yeah my brain so, is not making connections today Whew. it's okay um so there isn't really anything to indicate that she's like about to go off the deep end, but she she's going to. <laughs> um, <laughs> obviously. Uh, so she eventually begins having an affair with this guy named Nikolai Tuichev, I think is how you would say that last name. Mm-hmm. Okay. And this seems to make her happier for like a little while, but then Nikolai does what a classic nobleman does when he decides to fuck up everybody's life he goes off and he gets married to a younger woman um this is not the dream um, honestly yeah this is um this is not daria's idea of a good time so she decides you know what i'm gonna do i'm gonna send a groom with some fucking gunpowder in a keg 
and will blow up their goddamn house. Oh my god. It escalates very quickly. Um, <laughs> from just a little depresso to yeah um let's she's, blow shit up <laughs> she's widowed so she's depressed and then her lover leaves her for a younger woman and the first i would thought, also be upset but i don't think i would want to s- literally blo- like one of the sources said that like she specifically commanded the groom to make sure that both her ex-lover and his new wife were home so that they would be blown up I well, yeah I would not do that I <laughs> I I would wouldn't uh no 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 I wouldn't I wouldn't I'm sorry I'm gonna go on a tangent <laughs> I've finally been watching Grey's Anatomy and have been obsessed with it it's a whole thing yeah but literally just today I watched the episode where um they have like i think it's i don't remember if it's six people getting kidneys and six people giving kidneys or if it's three people getting kidneys and three people giving whatever it is yeah the they transplant call it a, marathon yeah basically and one of the girls is giving a kidney to help the guy that she's been having an affair with and his wife is also giving a kidney and then the wife finds out about the girl and then the wife is like i'm not gonna give my kidney anymore and by the end of the episode she does because whatever but i'm like i still would because i would still have known going into it that i'm giving a kidney for someone else that my husband can get a kidney but even then i still would have known that i'm going in to give a kidney so like even if my husband had an affair on me (laughs) like it's he's not the one i wouldn't blow him and his girlfriend up (laughs) (laughs) You're just be like, wow. Yeah. But then again, I'm also like a nice person and not a crazy person. So. Uh, true. Yeah. That was a stupid tangent. It's fine. It's an important distinction yeah. to show that you are, in fact, a compassionate nice and not empathetic. A <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, so that groom is like, mm, I'm. Mm, with all due respect, Daria, I'm I'm not doing this. <laughs> so I assume that's how he put it anyway. Yeah, yeah. Um, so she's like, fine, whatever. So she finds two other grooms and she's like, you're going to do this. Um, okay, okay. And they're like, uh, uh, seems a little drastic, Daria. Um, okay. So they go... <laughs> But then they're like, no, we can't do this. So they flee. And of course, they're serfs. So they get caught and they get returned to the land to which they are tied, which means they're returned to Daria. And she beats them to within an inch of their life for not following through. Okay. However, the good news is that Nikolai finally gets word of how pissed Daria is and the fact that she wants to blow him up so he and his new wife head to safety uh somewhere else in Moscow I don't I don't know where just somewhere presumably out of Daria's reach right and uh this is when Daria truly goes off the deep end um (laughs) 
I'm in my notes, which I, in true Mari style, gave up on. I put the blood countess is born. Gasp. Um, so for entertainment value for myself, I guess I did Perfect. That. I do that to myself too. It's fine. <laughs> so at this point, she is dissatisfied <laughs> with her life, even though she's filthy rich. She's bored. Once again, she is filthy rich and she is lonely. So she decides that she's going to do what any woman in her position would do. She begins torturing the humans that she holds as property. Um, I'm not going to go into how she tortures them because I just don't feel like it. Um, yeah, if you if you skipped another story because of how um, dark it was, I don't think we need to talk about human torture. Yeah. Uh, basically she would torture them. She is said to have like mutilated them and she is called a sadist, Mm -hmm. um, for like enjoying inflicting physical pain. Mm -hmm. There's one illustration in the drive, Caitlin, um, that of course will be on the website of her like wielding a whip against someone. Um, Mm -hmm. basically the important things that you need to know or that like she would she basically would beat anyone but she beat men less severely like only three of her victims ended up being men and that was they were like quote-unquote accidents like she accidentally got too heavy-handed and then they died from their wounds the rest of them were all women oh so Um, she was trying to like she was mad at the wife mm -hmm. of her Mm ex-lover and so was continually like killing women to like placate that and was only like beating these men because she still loved him if she decided she wanted to punish a man so severely um but obviously she like didn't make a habit of killing men she would kill their their like wife um there's one serf who lost three wives this way um so yeah but I'm not going to get into the details of like what that torture looked like because it's just not important. Um, yeah. If you've seen any medieval drama, you probably can envision what right. happened. Um, but as I said before, Daria was really well connected. Her family had a really long past, uh, like really strong historical ties with people in power and um, so anytime anyone would try to go to the authorities about what was happening, they would just like shrug it off. They're like, uh, no, like that's Daria. She's our homegirl. There's no way. And even if she was like, whatever. Um, even though the one thing that is different about like serfs and how we usually think about chattel slavery, I feel like, is that it's kind of frowned upon to murder them um in russian society at this time like it's just not the done thing you know um yeah yeah (laughs) you know anyway uh finally finally one of the like families of one of the women who's murdered is able to get the authorities to listen to them and makes its way to uh, our dear friend Catherine the Great who I just want to point out really fast in uh, on Murderpedia I don't know where they found this information but there's a section of the page for Daria that 
is uh it's noted as like an automatic translation it might need to go through a more uh, updated translator uh because whoo it's a it's it's a time and uh <laughs> okay for example um at one point it says the turning point in this history appeared only after the seizure of power by C- Catherine the large one <laughs> <laughs> so not Catherine the great Catherine the large one that's amazing for a lot of reasons <laughs> What word do they use that means in an automatic translator it would come out to the large one? <laughs> and know. what else does that word mean? I don't know. That's really good. Yeah. So I, I had a good laugh when I read that. That's good. Um, so basically uh, it makes its way to Catherine the Great in 1762, which it sounds like that's when she rose to power right so like she's like fresh um uh, i think that's what you said if I remember yeah correctly. something like that yes um so she must be like on a mission to fucking prove that she is uh the czar and that her nobles need to listen to her because she decides you know what i'm gonna try this bitch so this actually does make a lot of sense because she was kind of on the chopping block for suspicion that maybe she helped uh depose her husband Mm. Mm -hmm. Um, so she would want to like really instill a like a yeah she would, she would want to like look really secure and in command yes and like what can i do that everyone is going to view as uh being good and being for the country mm-hmm. so she decides she is gonna try um daria mm-hmm. so daria's arrested in uh 62 and she is literally held um she's like imprisoned for six years while they undertake an investigation into her actions like you thought today's american prison standards for the period before you went to trial was awful this was six years (laughs) yeah no trial just investigation right but it turns out it was warranted because their investigation is so thorough that they've got it down to within a number or two of how many mm. people died because of her actions. Wow. It is either 138 or 139. Damn. That's so gross. And so she started out with like 600 or so serfs. So like that's a huge proportion of the people. Like obviously she probably replaced them. She's not a heathen. I mean she is, but well, um, <laughs> I feel like that makes you more of a heathen. No, I'm going you, to kill you because you're replaceable. Yeah, you no, you raise a valid point. Um, anyways, <laughs> yeah. Uh, so they 
they learn the things that I like basically shared with you, which is that only three of her victims were men. Most of them were women. Um, some of them were really young. Only like, three of the 138 or nine. Yeah, were men. Yeah, that's how that's how fucking like and those were accidental. Remember. Okay. <laughs> Where she accidentally beat them. Killing that many died. people. Whether they were male, female, anything in between or outside or other. Awful, no matter what. Yeah. But there is there is something about so exclusive of a group. Oh, yeah. Of her, that being the majority of her 130 some killings. Yeah. It, like, it feels like she maybe has a lot of like uh, internalized misogyny. She maybe needs yeah. to work through. Um, yes just a thought um one name that kept coming up as i was doing my research um i'm sure that you've heard of elizabeth bathory who um or elizabeth bathory as she's like commonly referred to in english um she was the hungarian blood countess um who is like said to have killed like her female servants like the young ones and then bathed in their blood to keep herself young oh yeah yeah um it is now believed a lot of the time that uh or by a lot of historians rather that all of those charges were fucking fake and they were used as a political tool to get um it was about out of the way um so like there's nothing to back up any of those claims that she was doing any of that right um or like killing women in her service to that degree um however there is a lot of evidence that daria was doing this so um not not bathing in their blood but like killing a lot of people um right (laughs) no so so that's funny (laughs) like yeah (laughs) <laughs> the difference is uh it's subtle i know yeah uh anyway so if any uh noble woman who killed a lot of people should be known as the blood countess it's definitely daria soltikova um she was uh finally tried in 1768 and uh, found guilty of the murder of 38 women um like this is just the ones that they could prove yeah obviously like any modern true crime obsessed person will know that like a lot of times like a serial killer is gonna get um convicted for like a small number of the murders they actually Mm -hmm. did Mm -hmm. um and that is just because of the nature of the legal system. So she was found guilty of 38 murders, which still is a ghastly number, obviously. Well, especially at the time, because, yeah, like, accidental, mm-hmm. whatever. So, like, there could have been multiple ways that she was murdering people. And at the time, they would not have necessarily been able to pin all of them down. So it could have been written off as illness with no proof to the contrary or like, yeah, any number of things could have happened to these people 
or like yeah. that's how any they would have the written ones, it off any of the other 100 or 101 deaths were classified as suspicious deaths mm-hmm. but they like they more or less like understood that this is probably due to how Celticobo was treating them um so she's sentenced to life imprisonment because the death sentence at this time had been abolished in Russia mm-hmm. and um her sentence was going to be carried out at the in Ivanovsky cloister or just like a, a nunnery basically mm-hmm. um but before she was sent there she was put in the red square in moscow a very famous place um mm-hmm. and she was underwent a quote civil execution quote um so she was basically she was chained to a platform in front of a giant crowd for an hour the sign hanging around her neck that said this woman is tort- has tortured and murdered for one hour she was forced to like be there which seems light but okay whatever anyway so that was her like basically a ceremonial execution like because uh, she wasn't actually executed obviously um right and uh, then she was taken to the Ivanovsky cloister. This is how she spent the next, uh, I think it was 11 years of her life, was she, they, in the basement, built basically a wooden box for her. And she was put in the box. There was no light. She was chained. Um a nun would bring her like food but that was that was it she spent 24 hours a day in complete darkness um sometimes they would graciously give her a candle which would explain why she didn't go blind because if the human eye goes without any light whatsoever for 30 days you go blind actually just yeah your eyes just stop working um fascinating i mean it makes sense that's weird um i don't know if 30 days is exactly right if i'm quoting that right i learned that in a cave uh on a tour one Mm. time in like colorado or something i don't know Mm -hmm. (laughs) anyway um so um that's probably why she didn't go blind is sometimes they gave her a candle probably when they when like the when the nun brought when the nuns brought her food they probably had a candle to like set it down yeah either Um, yeah either way 11 years primarily in the dark chained and then um they finally moved her to like they built an outbuilding on the grounds and moved her in there and that is where she spent the remainder of her life um she that building did have windows and it had shutters um so she would she was known for like opening the window and if someone like looked at her weird she would try and spit on them Ah. so still not having a good time for sure Uh, and uh she finally either it's on november 27th but sources vary as to whether it was 1800 or 1801 I don't know why. Um, she died at 71. She had been in prison Dang. for 33 years. She probably lived longer than if she had not been in prison. 
Probably, honestly. 71? 71. uh, 33 years uh, imprisoned, which at that point, like nearly half her life. So. Yeah. um, Holy shit. (laughs) Yeah. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Absolutely insane. But um, she's like, she's gotten many, many nicknames. One of them is Salty Chica. I don't, it doesn't have like a a proper translation from like it's just one of those words that doesn't mm. translate the mm. salty comes from her name salty kova i don't know what the chica part of it means though it does sound like a sassy latinx woman <laughs> um for sure um but she um she was also known as like for some reason a black widow even though she wasn't a black widow she didn't kill her husband um like the blood countess is one of the names that she's gotten there are like lots of others but um the salty chica is the one that's like most prominent for sure yeah Uh, yeah there was something else i wanted to mention but i can't fucking remember what it was (laughs) Nope, it's well, gone. Okay. It is no longer in my brain. That's okay. Oh my oh, god. Oh, I remembered. Um, one of the things that this also achieved was like an investigation into corruption in the like police. Uh, because um so many of the murders had already been reported and were dismissed uh because of who Daria was that um they like undertook kind of an investigation in that six-year period into the police force and why it was allowed to go on for so long mm-hmm. um so that was an, a good outcome of it, it was like up outrooting uprooting rooting out I don't corruption yeah uh, my brain broke okay yeah uprooting corruption works cool great um yeah but i her story is like super like it's it's an example of like a you don't need to have any traumatic things happen to you as a kid to make you a fucking psychopath Right. And, she literally um, had like a really perfect life. She wasn't yeah. forced into marriage and in fact didn't get married until she was 20, which I mean she might have still been forced into marriage at that point, but she was 20. She's yeah. old enough. She wasn't 12. Um rich, she had lots of money. Her husband died, left rich. her to her own devices, left her the richest widow in uh Moscow. She could have done anything she wanted with all that money. She decided to be a bitch. Yeah, she found like, one lover. She could have found more. Oh, yeah. you left me for someone younger? Fine. I'm rich. I can find more lovers. She could have bought them. Like, she could have done whatever she wanted. Like, I mean, I meant bought as in not a surf, but as in, um, like, prostitute. Sex work. Yes. Yeah. I like, knew what you meant. Sex okay, work. Okay, thank you. Yes. Yeah, for sure. Things Definitely. that are to- totally normal. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Like, 
could have just found like a young nobleman who was like out to like make his way in the world and been like, hey, I will help you make your way in this world. I will give you a lot she of money. She could have found like and... a cute she could have found a cute theater boy and then like I'll pay for you to stay in theater, but let's go. <laughs> she could have done anything else. Anything else. Other than killing over a hundred people. Yeah. Yeah. Supposedly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well. Um dang mm-hmm. now i gotta read lady killers dude it's so good i learned about a lot of different um ones i'd never heard of in that one but i really the reason that i like lady killers so much isn't because it covers a lot of serial killers but because it talks about the different like ways in which the media at the time or even now have talked about these women like they give them names like the granny killer for example was one that she covers in there um where it's like an old woman who's killing a bunch of people usually like poisoning them and um that she's like they call them the granny killers because it's all cutesy and it's like an old woman it looks like it could be your grandma but she fucking murdered people like why are we giving her a cutesy name she murdered people Mm -hmm. so like very feminist take on like analyzing all of that which i appreciated um Mm. or like people who like not doing exactly what misogynist people claim feminist feminism is doing right yeah like misogyny would think that the feminists were like hell yeah she's killing a bunch of men let's fucking go but no she's like uh she killed a bunch of men let's not soften this in any way misogyny is what softened it and feminisms are what's saying no yeah exactly like this is bad she was a murderer yeah yeah it very much so um but she also like she accounts for socioeconomic circumstances and her storytelling and um, things like that because they are there are people um, who are talked about it from all over the world. Um, mm-hmm. So it's just it's super interesting. I cool. really liked it. If I still had it, I would borrow it to you. But that's okay. <laughs> I can buy it. And if um, any of our listeners want to buy it, we will have it up on our bookshop. So mm-hmm. that's true. We need to get better about talking about the fact that we have one of those. Yes. Um, if you're not familiar with bookshop.org, it is amazing. It's a great alternative to Amazon. Um, 10% of your purchase goes to supporting an independent bookstores into this like fund. And if mm-hmm. you purchase through our shop, 10% also goes to us. So, and it doesn't change the cost of the book for you at all, which is yep. really great. Same price, but it's helping a lot of other people. Mm-hmm. And it is, it's a little bit discounted from the cover price, probably not as severe as you would see on Amazon, but Amazon doesn't make any money on their books. They specifically price their books the way they do to help put other bookstores out of business. So, mm-hmm. and we also shouldn't have to get into all of the other things that Amazon, all of the other people that are harmed by Amazon cutting prices on certain things. True. Yeah. If you don't know that at this point, um, I, I don't know that I can help. <laughs> um so yeah that's salty kova uh aka salty chica that was great thank you thank you um quite fascinating 
Um, I do love a lady killer, even if they are. Well, I shouldn't say even if <laughs> that came out so wrong. I do <laughs> love learning about a lady killer. Yes. And yes. That's it. it. I'm going to end it there. Yes. <laughs> not gonna, I'm not going to put a butt. <laughs> it's that. You're not going to put a buttload in there? No. Um, okay. Well, there are a buttload <laughs> of reasons to love a lady killer um, story. The, um, I mean, this is very much in line with what um, Tori, t- t- what was her name? Telfor? Telfor, uh says in her book. I think, which is, is that right? Like, we so often don't think about serial killers as being women because they are, like, put off into these like one-offs and statistically speaking yes fewer women uh, there are fewer women in the serial killer um family that doesn't sound right um (laughs) but um just because there aren't as many of them doesn't mean that they aren't as like impactful with their actions and the crimes that they did so um it's like sometimes it's nice to push back on that true crime narrative that like all serial killers are these awful men who like murdered a bunch of sex workers or whatever um Mm -hmm. to like say no sometimes they were also women because everyone has equal capacity to be very shitty truly yeah Uh, clearly yeah um anyway do we anyway cheers because i feel like that was like a um (laughs) i do i do and i was gonna do something else but i for hang on give me a sec okay (laughs) patty what you doing oh you're eating a kleenexes thank you okay i do have special thanks yay um, okay, so I'm gonna thank Thrall Brewing, Thrall Thrall Anchor Brewing Company, or Thrall, however you pronounce it, doesn't matter. Still tight, um, because essentially, by uh, Catherine the Great, they created the Russian Imperial Stout. Mm-hmm. So I guess technically, at that point, we can also thank Catherine the Great for the Russian Warning. Imperial Stout. <laughs> it. For wanting it, and also for um, putting Daria um, through trial. trial. Yes, yeah. on trial. I also want to thank Albert LeCook because he also technically kind of helped with Russian Imperial Stout. Um, I'm also going to thank Past Me for taking my my stout out of the fridge like 30 or 40 minutes before we started recording because drinking Russian Imperial Stouts at a slightly warmer temperature than ridge, like fridge temperature is the best way to do it. And I forgot to mention that earlier. I'm also going to thank past me. I'm going to thank yeah, past, me for past me. I'm amazing. I'm the best. <laughs> okay. Snoop dog. I'm the smartest. <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> I'm not other, arguing with it. I, I don't have any are. other special thanks. Do you have any other special thanks? <laughs> um, uh, thanks to the family that finally fucking got through to the authorities. Oh. The Daria. Yes, that was awful. Um, yeah. Thanks to the historians who have uh, realized that uh, Elizabeth Bathory 
was not a psychopath blood countess right but she wasn't a vampire but that daria for sure was uh, not a vampire but a psychopath blood countess (laughs) Uh, to be clear um thanks to uh murderpedia for that really exceptional automatic translation that gave us (laughs) catherine the the large one that is the epitome of like (laughs) yeah i did all my research and then like your your teachers like your your professors like uh (laughs) did you just call catherine the great catherine the large one okay I have a new um, thing that I decided I'm going to start. Yeah. So I feel like if, you, if you've if you made it this far, if you got through the special things, if you're still listening, you get to now at this point start listening to the thing that I'm going to do every week. Ooh. And it is give a hint at next week's topic, which also aids Mari in what to research next. Amazing. So next week, we will be covering a drink from Ireland. Uh, specifically in 1943. 1943? You're getting that specific on me? Well, that's what the internet said on my very quick Google search like three minutes ago. (laughs) Chances are I start doing my research and I find a different answer, but we'll call it 1940s Ireland. That is what we are covering next. 1940s Ireland. I will also okay. text it to you so that you still have that information. But <laughs> it's it's in my notebook now. So perfect, perfect. Okay, great. So yeah, I want to start doing that every week so that hopefully the listeners maybe have like a guess at what's coming up next, um, or just like get more excited about it. So and also with both of us just being the star podcasters that we are, uh, <laughs> it's not me going. Wait, what was my topic? Literally, like. On the day Saturday. of yeah. recording yeah. <laughs> and me being like wait we're recording today <laughs> <laughs> we are exceptionally good at having our shit together all the time we have weeks on and weeks off we have weeks where we are like on 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 we are like weeks ahead we're like let's go we've like recorded several episodes we're like on top of it and then we have weeks maybe months where we're like what day is it <laughs> uh, wait oh my god it's already sunday and we have to have an episode out on wednesday <laughs> well uh, i can't record today because i'm too lazy so we're gonna record tomorrow <laughs> i guess <laughs> yep that all checks out honestly it's fine no it's fine I, I yeah i sort of came up with this earlier today and i was like i feel like this would be a really good thing to do because it holds me in line it gives you the information ahead of time. And then it's also just like a fun thing for the listeners. So mm-hmm. I love it. I just was looking for my phone just now and remembered it. It's, it's on, on the floor. floor. <laughs> <sighs> anyway, <laughs> uh, thanks to everybody who listens to us and our yeah. antics. We appreciate if you've made you. made it this far, we love you. We love you so much. Yeah. So cheers. Cheers. Bye. Oh, wait, don't cheers with that. It's still noise canceled it. (laughs) (laughs) Whatever. Alcohol and Anecdotes is hosted, produced, and edited by Caitlin Hedberg and Mari Harlow. 
Our intro and outro music is courtesy of Vanity Plate of Minot, North Dakota. You can visit alcoholandanecdotes.com to find episode content and merch. You can also email us at alcoholandanecdotes at gmail.com or send us a message on Instagram or Facebook at alcoholandanecdotes. You can listen to us on Anchor, Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, or wherever you get your podcasts. Please follow, rate, or review our podcast or subscribe to us on Patreon for additional support and to help keep alcohol and anecdotes going. While we joke about alcohol use and mental health issues as a part of our day-to-day, we know that both can be no laughing matter. If you're struggling with substance abuse or a mental health disorder, please call the SAMHSA National Helpline at 1-800-662-HELP for information on local treatment options, support groups, and community-based organizations. Once again, that's 1-800-662-HELP. Thanks for listening. Cheers, nerds.